Hi everyone uh, welcome to another episode of my podcast uh, we wanted to do this podcast for a long time uh, about iron maiden so but finally it's happening i i invited my friend uh, jack hi jack hi good afternoon everyone thanks for having <laughs> me here brother it's yeah so i know we were really bumped up bumped uh, this year because of the iron maiden so but uh, i yeah. think we need to do this uh, so so jack how are you doing with uh, with the lockdown and everything what's happening now well uh, for the past 3 months i was just staying home mm-hmm. and i wasn't able to uh, to report into work both of my uh, both my jobs i wasn't able to report until just uh, recently I was able to uh, get back to work last May although that was on the uh, call center job uh, on my call center job in Makati but for my jo- a day job at the Kazan uh, City Hall uh, we're working on a skeletal uh, basis so let's just say that I am currently on a flex uh, schedule Okay so other than that uh, that's nothing much about me these past few days <laughs> So working in the city hall uh, what do you what do you here that is the is the pandemic getting better or situation getting better or what well cur- uh, the current setup in the city hall is that uh, the pandemic is uh, the pandemic still get, uh, being monitored as is as it was on the first few months of the ECQ mm. uh Quezon City being the high, uh, one of the highest cases on uh, covid-19 uh, i can say that uh, the uh, the pandemic is still uh on the rise so i don't think it's gonna get low, uh, it's gonna be uh say contained uh, mm. very soon but uh, i hope we'll, hopefully we'll get there yeah hopefully um i think also people are struggling with the economic situation right because a lot of people yeah. are, don't have work and uh, <laughs> there's no yes, income uh, Yes, uh, with the uh, with this current uh, current pandemic situation, I don't think anyone, uh, everyone, can uh, get back to work anytime real soon. Because right. you know transportation uh, and the uh, the, uh, the the situation in each local governments, you know. Right. Uh, so, Jack, we uh, I think we first met in. Uh, 2019. Summer Slam 19. Yeah. Summer Slam. I think uh, Heather yeah. is Heather is the one who introduced us. <laughs> yeah, Heather's the one. <laughs> so uh, the first uh, time that we met, uh, yeah, I think uh, Heather was the one who uh, introduced me to you guys. Uh, she's the only one that I actually knew uh, from Metal Royalties. And, yes. Uh, <laughs> so and that was, was your first. Uh, that was your first Summer Slam. Well, that's actually my uh, as I say uh, I was uh, I was able to attend 8, 9, 11, 17, 18. So that was my sixth uh, slam. But right. it was my first royalty experience because you know Fox Slayer, man. <laughs> <laughs> so so before you saw so you saw Slayer also on the 7 the 2017, right? The... Yeah, I did. And I was one of the lucky guys along with Heather of course and the Ronald who won the uh, VIP upgrade. All right. Uh, although, mm-hmm, although for me, 
I only got to upgrade my ticket from Lodge to VIPB, whereas Ronald and Heather were they were able to upgrade from VIPB to A. So right. they got the uh, much closer proximity to Slayer. <laughs> yeah, that 2017 show was so so amazing. I mean, I, I, yeah. I actually I actually cried that show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was envi- I was actually envious of you guys because you uh, for one you got uh, you got to shake hands with Tom and yes. the rest of the gang. Number two, uh, if I remember it correctly, you uh, you were able to get a hold of one of those magazines signed by Slayer themselves. So I was like, man. <laughs> Yes, luckily I was also I was able to get the set list also from that show. <laughs> what awesome! <laughs> but but uh, you, for me, oh, go ahead. you know that I I I recorded everything that show, and then uh, I even had a video that I'm shaking hands with uh, Tom, and then yeah, I lost I, the, think I, saw I lost the phone at the end of the show. Damn it! <laughs> I I heard that news. So you're the one who lost the phone during the Slayer gig. Yeah, I didn't have anything. I only had like a picture outside the venue when I started Damn because it. all the other pictures didn't sync sync to my uh, Dropbox. <laughs> Damn it, man! <laughs> I Lost even crashers. yeah, I even went to the event page and said, "Please, uh, just I just need the pictures. You can keep the phone, or, but nobody responded yeah. anyway." <laughs> Such a bummer. I mean, you can ditch you can ditch the contacts, you can ditch everything else, the videos, but you. But please, let me have the pictures back. But no, <laughs> shit happened. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyway, I was able to meet them on the 2019. So yes. I think it, it's uh, I was able to meet up. <laughs> yeah. so, so let's consider that as a compensation for what yeah, happened there. Yeah. And then I think we have, we have basically very few people who I actually was lucky to meet them right in that tour. Yes. And considering that uh, it's already Slayer's final tour, and to think that we're the only Asian leg, I think they uh, Southeast Asian leg rather because they had Japan. Mm. Yeah. So, Jack, uh, I uh, what's your? Uh, I mean, I know you listen to metal, but what's your earliest memories of music? I mean, what what was your like? What you remember listening first? Well. Uh, this goes back way uh, to my childhood, of course. So I was exposed to 90s music. So uh, I was exposed to the boy bands, to the alternatives, grunge, mm. pop, you name it. Pretty Spears, whatever, Spice Girls. Uh, those uh, those uh, stuff, you know. And then the 90s OPM, of course, the classics. Razorheads, River Maya. Right. Uh, what else? Uh, yeah, so basically that's pretty much about it. And... I was first exposed to heavy music, not metal yet in general, but uh, when I was in high school, I was already listening to pop, uh, pop rock, mm. altern- a few alternatives. Then my very first exposure to uh, rock uh, borderline to heavy metal was in 2007. During my high school days, I was exposed to uh, Evanescence. Mm. Uh, that was actually my gateway band. Uh, my favorite band before anything else. So uh, it was Evanescence. And then uh, I went to the emo phase, actually. Uh, Red, uh, Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. Uh, right. South Scene, Silverstein. Uh, what else? Bless the Fall. Uh, Name those bands. Uh, I went through that. So 
it was actually on 2008 when I was first uh, exposed to metal in general. Mm. Uh, the first metal band that I was uh, that I listened to was Deicide, and I actually bought a. That was because I bought a bootleg copy of Once Upon the Cross, and I was, uh, you know, uh, mesmerized by that. Uh, it was a it was a heavy, fast, uh, satanic, if you if you will, <laughs> uh, black, outright blasphemous album that. Uh, when you play it so loud, your neighbors would hate you and all that shit. <laughs> so, yeah. and then the the rest, as they would say it, it would be history. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, when did you discover Iron Maiden? Do you remember what was the first song? Oh, good question. So, remember when we were in talks with Vernon, I believe that was last year? Uh, I mentioned that I was, uh, my first Iron Maiden song was To Tame a Land. But I would like to correct myself with that. <laughs> I first discovered Iron Maiden in college. I think that was 2011 or 12. Hmm. And the first Iron Maiden song that I got exposed to was Two Minutes to Midnight. Right. Because I was into thrash metal by that time. And I was a heavy, of course. I was a big Slayer fan. I was into old Metallica, Megadeth, Nuclear uh, Assault, and even Sarcophago and Old Sepultura. Then I was browsing on YouTube uh, because, you know, technology during that time was all advanced. Uh, it's already easy. Or it's already, we're already in the Egypt, uh, age of technology and convenience where we can easily find stuff unlike before. So right. I happened to stumble on that Iron Maiden video because I was trying to check out on Judas Priest and Deep Purple. So uh, YouTube recommended me Iron Maiden. So I gave it a listen. And it was two minutes to midnight. Like, man, uh, the harmonies of the guitar, of course. And then the, the thrashy sound. Like, the, the, most, the sound that you will find on most thrash bands. Like, uh, the Bay Area scene, you know. It's mm. fast, aggressive, angry. And I remember someone telling me that album, uh, Power Slave, was way ahead of its time. So I got caught with it. Unfortunately for me, I was too hooked up with Trash, uh, too hooked up with Slayer. I discovered other bands like Municipal Waste, Warbringer, uh, Artillery. Mm. I almost forgot Iron Maiden, but I gave it a listen. Uh, I tried to give it a listen again years after, say, about... 2018 or 2019 because I'm checking out uh, Guitar Harmonies because uh, I, I found out that Metallica was heavily influenced by Iron Maiden uh, given with their guitar harmonies and licks like the way James and Kirk do their harmonies and I also found out that uh, the harmonies were in fact influenced uh, I mean they they took inspiration from the harmonies of uh, guitars from Iron Maiden so that's where I discovered To Tame a Land. Because uh, To Tame a Land, to tell you, uh, uh, how, do you how do you describe it? So it's, it's got that sort of an Egypt. <clears throat> Jack, you're still there? You got me? Yeah, okay. I can hear you now. 
Okay. So yeah, the line kind of cut in and out. <laughs> so going back, uh, yeah, to Tamaland from Peace of Mind. This has that structure bearing the Egyptian riffs, mm. the sitar-like intro, and then of course the lyrical theme. Uh, if you're familiar with Dune, so, and I just found out that the uh, the song was supposedly uh, this was supposed to be titled Dune, but the author of the book uh, didn't like the idea, so the band kind of ditched the uh, whole Dune thing. They stuck mm. with the lyrical theme though, but they went with the title as to tame a land. But uh, while Two Minutes to Midnight was the first Iron Maiden song that I discovered, it was actually to tame a land that made me fall in love with Iron Maiden. And then right. the rest followed. I w- uh, I'm checking the rest of the album, uh, Power Slave. Uh, I was checking Peace of Mind, The Number of the Beast, and uh, the one with the the one with Blaze Bailey in it, uh, X Factor, yeah, yeah, and then, mm-hmm. and then, come SummerSlam 2019, where when we were, I think we were online for autograph signing with one of the bands. I cannot recall exactly which band was it. The although there was Happy C, walking around, chatting with people, and I think if I remember correctly, JB. Uh, JB Rock eh, was behind me mm. and he kind of made the conversation with Happy. He talked with Happy. So he was like trying to get, uh, gather some, some info or inside info regarding the next slam. So he was like, Do you have any idea, Miss Happy, who will be the next, uh, who will headline next year's slam <laughs> or who it, who it will be? So, something mm. like that. So Happy was like, Nah, uh, we're not really sure yet if we can finalize the whole stuff. But uh, all I can say is that the next band has their own plane. <laughs> so it's it's clear that she's talking about Flight 666 Ed Force One. So David and I were like, oh my God, it's Iron. <laughs> it's going to be Iron Maiden next year, man. Iron Maiden. <laughs> so... I mean, if you're gonna, if you just saw JB's face that day, <laughs> he was ha- he was happy as fuck. <clears throat> like, like I mean, we were all happy that day because number one, we're gonna see Slayer yes. closer than we were in 2017, and number two, when we learned the news that Iron Maiden's gonna headline Slam 20. So, since that day after the Slayer gig, I was uh, I was listening to Maiden songs. All day long on Spotify, and and uh, I remember I remember seeing your hand on after the burial, your famous hands like get right, hands. right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and then I saw the cover, the second cover of the Slam magazine, and then that pretty much cemented the fact that it's gonna be Iron Maiden on Slam Twenty. Like it's just a matter of time that uh, it'll be announced. It only uh, it's only that your hand got more famous first before the announcement itself. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so since then, I was listening to Maiden. I uh, I even bought uh, the Seven Sun album. So right. I was I, I was actually anticipating the whole thing. I was hoping that there would be some sort of royalty stuff, like a meet and greet, autograph signing. So, oh, in fact, I had this shirt, this very shirt, printed, <laughs> just for that day to come. <laughs> right. And then, 
then then suddenly when we met again in November, uh, Vernon said there's no gonna be uh, meet and greet on Iron Maiden, no royalty at all, and then the prices will uh, pop up. Uh, well, prices are kind of like royalty prices, which is fair enough given the venue. But uh, initially, uh, I felt like it was a bummer because I didn't get to meet up uh, Maiden up close and personal the way right. I did with Slayer. But it's just, uh, I mean, but I realized that it was fine because, come on, man, it's Iron Maiden. You don't get to see them every day and you don't even know when we were, uh, if, if we're going to see them ever again after this thing or so. Because they're getting old. Like Judas Priest. Like any other bands out there that uh, way past their prime, like on their 60s or in the 70s or whatever. Mm. So I just kind of wait, waited for the day or the concert day itself. Uh, I can, I already bought the ticket on December as a personal Christmas gift. <laughs> so mm. I just settled with the fact that I won't be able to get uh, close, up close with Maiden. So I just bought the regular standing kit. So I can uh, say, tell myself that I'm already happy with it as long as I get to see Iron Maiden. Right. Yeah. So I'm, I I discovered Iron Maiden actually uh, back I think probably uh, in year two thousand one two thousand two uh, that time because uh, there were like a lot of local Sri Lankan bands were playing uh, Number of the Beast, Hello by uh, Hello be Thy Name, and then Run to the Hills. They were always covering Those classics. I mean, oh, yeah. So they always covered that. If you go to a local gig, you would hear that like every time you go because either one of those songs will be played. And then I bought the, uh, I bought this in a flea market. Like, I think it's like a sidewalk market. I I bought I I found an LP of uh, somewhere in time. That's the first uh, first album that I got long time ago. Yeah. And then after that, uh, I discovered uh, what is this one? Uh, Seventh Son of the Seventh Son. That is, I mm-hmm. actually my favorite. And then I've been yes. listening to. I had. I used to have those MP3s. Remember, they used to sell those MP3 CDs yeah. with all those albums. Uh, so that they used to burn CDs. Or yeah. So I used to have that before. Icon. And then what happened is. After some time, I I lost the I I was not listening to them that much because probably because I'm discovering other other musics and other then you bands. know uh-huh. uh, you know in the early 2000s we had like Linkin Park coming up all the new metal uh-huh. stuff came in so Linkin Park Biscuit yeah new metal yeah. stuff but my interest came back after they released the new album the Dance of Death that's where I really again got interested of Iron Maiden because it was kind of I wasn't listening to them that much and then suddenly that album came up uh, mm-hmm. and then uh, of course after I came here I started collecting uh, mm-hmm. so eventually I have uh, I think I don't have one album but I have all the others I think that was in 2001 uh, Dance of Death the one with Passion Dale right right yeah um, so uh, I have the albums here let's talk about each of the album so then sure. uh, let's see what's our experience with each of them. Uh, mm-hmm. So I have first one. I'll just move this one. Uh, the first album. Yeah. yeah. Paul Diano. <laughs> yeah. So this one is uh, vocals is Paul. And then also the drummer is Clive, right? 
Yeah, the late Clive Burr. Clive Burr, yeah. So, what are your favorite songs of the first first Iron Maiden album? I would say that I would pick the Phantom of the Opera, uh, Prowler, and mm. uh, Remember Tomorrow. Because Remember Tomorrow, I believe it was covered by Metallica uh, as part of their uh, uh, CD3 of Hardwired. Right. And I've tried to give the uh, give a listen to the original song, and uh, I prefer this. Uh, I prefer the original over the uh, over the uh, the Metallica cover because Metallica uh, Metallica's version was heavy. We're gonna give them that, but uh, Paul's way of singing on the song, right? It's emotional. You get to feel the mood. It really. It helps you say cool down. It's my cool down song uh, whenever I feel stressed or something like that. Yeah, this this also had the song Running Free. and uh, uh, I, Running Free. Yeah, and then also the title, the song called Iron Maiden, mm-hmm. right? The, Iron Maiden. Yeah. Do you know the story that how the name movie. Iron Maiden got, uh, they, they named Iron Maiden? Yeah, I think it was after the uh, fictional torture device, the uh, Iron Maiden, the uh, tall uh, cage-like stuff with a uh, with a woman's face on it. Right. And then the inside structure has full of spikes. Yes. Uh, but unfortunately, that thing was never used. So there was no historical record of that device being used ever. But yeah. if you're going to think of it. Yeah, I think it's also inspired by the man in the iron mask, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. The move, kind of. Before I was thinking that uh, Iron Maiden was actually, <laughs> I think I was confusing this with the Iron Lady who was the Margaret Thatcher, right? But that is Iron Lady, yeah. not Iron Maiden. <laughs> uh, yes, Margaret Thatcher was the Iron Lady of UK, I think. <laughs> right, right. But, but I think they made a song for Margaret Thatcher as part of their EP or something like that. Uh, I can't re- I can't recall the uh, the exact title, but it might su- it might do something like Iron Lady or whatever. <laughs> so this uh, I, I, Iron Maiden they they actually formed 1975. It's crazy yeah. that how long they've been there. <laughs> Talk about longevity. Oh, like they're already on the uh, like they already established themselves by the time that Black Sabbath was already a big thing, so was Judas Priest. Right. To the point that they, they were even pitted against Judas Priest the way Metallica was pitted against Megadeth. They yes. had that Yeah, they were like sort of, uh, uh, competition, right? They had a competitive yeah. kind of a competitive uh, but they mm-hmm. they actually opened for Judas Priest in the early days uh, and also for mm-hmm. Kiss. They opened mm-hmm. they opened for Judas, yes. So the lineup, uh, the no, the current lineup. Uh, let's talk. Let's quickly go through the lineup. So we have Steve Harris, who's who's uh, ha, who's does the bass and backing mm-hmm. vocals. But I mean, it's basically it's Steve's band, right? This is Steve Harris's mm-hmm. band. So Iron Maiden, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And like any uh, anyone else in the band is at Steve's disposal. The way it was, I think of. Think of Megadeth with Dave Mustaine on it. Right. Uh, it's basically Dave's band, so it works like that. Uh, Steve Harris can go pick up any member the way he wants and retain the Iron Maiden name because it's, it's his band. He can 
he can ditch uh, anyone at any time he likes, any time he damn pleases. Yes. So we have Steve and then we have Dave Murray on guitar. So Steve and Dave is the only members appeared in all the albums, right? All the others, they're the ones appeared in all the recordings. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Adrian Smith on also on guitars. And then Bruce Dickinson on vocals. Uh, Bruce was there. There were there are other two vocalists, which is Paul Diano, right? Paul, uh, Paul Diano, Diano and Blaze uh, Blaze. Who's that name? Blaze Blaze. Yeah, Blaze Blaze Bailey. Blaze Bailey of Wolf ba yeah. Wolfbane, right? Wolfbane. Uh. Yeah, but I I I think Bruce has uh, kind of taken over the band. I don't think now. Uh, Anybody could uh, replace uh, Bruce Dickinson, right? Absolutely. I mean, uh, Bruce Dickinson's name is already synonymous with Iron Maiden. Even if right. he went solo on the 90s, he was right. still associated with Iron Maiden. You don't, I really can't see Iron Maiden with, uh, fronted by other vocalists, let right. alone. I, I, I mean, I kind of look forward on seeing Blaze Bailey again, uh, but I don't think he won't fit with current with the current Maiden setup because number one, uh, Steve Harris refuses to tune down Maiden, which is outside Blaze's vocal range. Right. And number two, I think Blaze is, uh, Blaze is already happy with the current setup. And the number three, the fact that you cannot see Iron Maiden without Bruce Dickinson, that they all, they, they, they recruited them back in 2000 because right. Uh, the dwindling, you know, fan base of Iron Maiden, uh, kind of, they kind of needed Bruce Dickinson back on the helm. Yeah. No one can song. Uh, no one can sing Bruce's song on Maiden. No one else. Although you can see other vocalists doing vocal impressions on YouTube, but there can only be one Bruce Dickinson. Yes. <laughs> and then we have uh, Nico McBrain on drums, which was, mm -hmm. he replaced Clive Burr on drums, right? So Clive Burr is yes. not there anymore. And then mm -hmm. I also have Janik Jers on guitars. I think he's from the 1990s. And then there's another yeah. guy called Mike Kenny who does the session keyboards uh, for like, from the early, mm -hmm. late 90s, uh, 1988, I think he still uh, do, he does all the live, live uh, sessions. For the live performances, I think so. Yeah. Okay, so that's, uh, we talk about the first album, uh, Iron Maiden. So this is the second album, uh, Killers. Mm -hmm. Killers, oh, that's a good one. Well, I, I actually have, have yet to listen to that album, but right. the, only, uh, the only song that I've listened so far on that album was Murders on the Rumor. Right. I, I actually yet, like Ideas of March, Rat Child, uh, and then also this one, uh, Purgatory. Mm -hmm. And they have also a song called Genghis Khan on this mm -hmm. one. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds funny, but I, I gotta go check that out. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's actually a great album. Paul, that was Paul's uh, final album with Maiden before yes. he got kicked out. Yeah, he was. Uh, I think he was kicked out because he was uh, getting uh, too much into drugs and stuff, right? Mm, and it was due to his abusive uh, behavior, according to the uh, according to some stories out there. And 
uh, I don't think that it seems that uh, they can't get their stuff together when it comes to the musical direction of the band. So Paul was like he was going for a punkish uh, uh, style, while mm. Steve wanted the metal way. Right. So they kind of mm. clashed on that part. Yes, and then I have this. Uh, this is an EP actually. It came on the same mm-hmm. year, yeah. 1981. Uh, it's mm-hmm. called uh, Made in Made in Made in Japan. Made in Japan. Uh, actually, you can see the early AD here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it looks so crappy. But this is, I think, it's uh, it, they they shot this in Japan. It has yeah, running, and running free. Remember running tomorrow, Ratchiles. Uh, it's just uh, just the EP. And did you know that that cover, mm. Eddie holding a katana, that's not supposed to be the original uh, cover. Okay, probably. Uh, yeah. The original cover was supposedly Eddie decapitating Paul because he was already on his way out of the band. And during that time, the EP was released, Bruce Dickinson was already hired. Right. So I think the management kind of didn't like the approach because Paul was still there and the original album cover or the EP cover depicts Eddie beheading Paul, symbolizing that he's going to get uh, kicked out of the band real soon. So they op- I think they opted uh, with that version of the cover, Eddie mm. just holding the sword mm. or whatever. Right. Yeah, I think probably that's earlier idea symbolizes is that the Iron Maiden is bigger than Paul, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're getting bigger. They're starting to get established themselves. Right. And then I have this one, Number of the Beast. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That this is, uh, I think this is like all the songs are so amazing. So Number of the Beast, Run, Run to the Hills, Gangland, Hello by Run the to the Hills, Gangland. Wow. It's, and I, I also like the song 22, Akashi Avenue. <laughs> yes, it was, it has that flashy intro. I like that. I was actually listening it, uh, to it earlier this morning. Right. Yeah, so this is, I think, the last album of Clive. Mm. Right? That was uh, the last album with Clive Burr on drums. Yes. Ah, man, I miss him. Yeah, I think here, now they actually put uh, Bruce Dickinson. Ah, no, no, no. They said, I remember that uh, uh, they were not allowed to put Bruce's name on the songwriting, I think, because of the contractual issue that he was still part of the Samson uh, yes. he did, when he left, when he left to when he joined uh, Iron Maiden, he was still uh, actually part of the Samson band, right? <laughs> he was still in Samson, if I remember it correctly. Uh, so he didn't get uh, he didn't get any songwriting credits on the whole thing. Mm. So he was just basically singing on it. That's it. Right. Yeah, and then I have the next album, uh, which is 1983. Peace of mind. Peace of mind. My favorite album. <laughs> <laughs> the one with the Tamer Land on it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, and, the trooper, uh, and the Trooper. And the Trooper. Fight of uh, the Flight of Icarus. What else? Uh, Revelations. Yeah. Die with your boots on. Yes. Oh my God. I so love that album. Yeah. I and the album cover is so, so amazing, right? The album cover. Yes. <laughs> Even even Vernon himself fell in love with it. That was his first album. Right. 
Oh my God, I love that album. <laughs> so I was asking, I was actually questioning myself, why did I buy Seventh Son when I love Peace of Peace Mind? Son. Like, what the, what the fuck are you doing, Jack? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you should just buy both of them. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm, 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 I'm keeping the DJ pack anyway. So I'm gonna look for the Peace of Mind uh, DJ pack uh, real soon. Yeah. So and then I have this one. Uh... Iron Maiden Power Slave. Power Slave. Yeah. The critically acclaimed album. Right. Like, if someone says Iron Maiden, what comes in your mind first? Power Slave. Number of the Beast. Those two albums always comes into mind of everyone. Yes. And then the, this one, uh, the Two Minutes to Midnight. Right? Two Minutes, two to, minutes midnight. to Midnight. Power Slave. Lost for Words. Rhyme of uh, the Ancient Marina. I like that Mariner. one. I like that too. Yeah, that's a long ass song. Yeah, you know this. There's a song here, the Aces High. Uh, mm. I don't know. Somehow, I I got the idea before that uh, <laughs> it's actually Ace of Spades, and it's a Motorhead cover or something. I I don't know why I got so confused, but it's actually two different songs. <laughs> two different songs. I was actually thinking the same thing. Uh, if I remember correctly, Motorhead has Aces High, too. So I was thinking that I was thinking like, did they just record? Uh, did they just cover Motherhead? So I give it a listen and yeah, no, it's a different thing. <laughs> Maybe it's like but a Man- Mandela effect. <laughs> yeah, Mandela effect. I agree. <laughs> and well, ah, uh, Aces High. I if, I don't know if you saw my Facebook story during the ECQ period. I tried to cover it when it was first announced that the Iron Maiden got cancelled because I love the falsettos of Bruce. I tried to cover it. I tried to mimic it. Right. But my voice cracked <laughs> at the falsetto part. So I was like, ah! <laughs> my voice cracked. What a shame. <laughs> but I ended up posting it anyway. <laughs> yeah. And then... Uh... I next I have the 1986 uh, album. This is this is the one I got my yes, first uh, album, somewhere in time. Is that is that the same LP that you bought on the flea market? Yes. Or is that a, it's oh, the same. Whoa! Like it's the thing as is, not a separate copy, not a not another copy or whatever. It's. It's the it's the very same thing that you bought on the flea market years ago. Yes, uh, back in Sri Lanka, I bought it here. I think this is few of the albums I bought back when I, I moved here. <laughs> awesome! <laughs> and you got to keep the same copy. <laughs> yeah, and then the nice thing here, if you look at all the different arts, it it actually has reference to like uh, other albums. So there's like twenty two Acacia. Here it says Acacia. Uh, mm-hmm. it, I think it refers to to get to a 22 Acacias Avenue, and then uh, Avenue. yeah, there's uh, a lot of references to the other albums here. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if you're gonna look on the below the uh, street sign, 22 Acacia Avenue, the torn post poster right there. Yes. The mm-hmm. the one with the Iron Maiden logo. That's an allusion to their first album, I think. And right. And there was the Ancient Mariner restaurant. Yeah. Lots, uh, lots of uh, references to their old, uh, to their previous albums. In... Yeah, I think this one is about Power Slave, right? The yes. Egyptian. 
the Egyptian yeah. artifacts. Mm -hmm. And if you're gonna look at the back uh, cover, you'll see the pyramids and all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's another reference to the Power Slave album. And then if you're gonna look at the five uh, members of the band, take a closer look at Nico. There's uh, there's a part that uh, there's a print on his shirt that says Iron What. If if it's readable, it yeah. says Iron What <laughs> because Derek Riggs, the one who used to draw Iron Maiden art back then, was I think he was pissed with the band because they were complaining that the drawing did not pretty much look like the band themselves. So right. he mm -hmm. inserted that Iron What thing on Nico's shirt and then. <laughs> yeah, funny references, and then I think Bruce is holding a brain. Yes, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can't remember. I can't remember what was it referring to. I, I think that was on peace of mind when you you know the cover. Eddie was lobotomized. Yeah, his brain got removed and all that shit. So yeah, lots of references from the previous albums. Yeah. Um, yeah, What's your favorite song on the album? Yeah, so this one, uh, of course, this one had uh, Wasted Years. <laughs> wasted Years, the classic ever. Oh, and then uh, Alexander the Great, Court Somewhere in Time is somewhere also nice. In time. And then Stranger uh -huh. in a Strange Land, right? Mm -hmm. That's uh, So this is uh, Somewhere in Time. And then let's go mm -hmm. to the next uh, next. Let's see if I have the others. Yeah, the seventh son. Seventh son. There you go. Seventh son of the seventh son. <laughs> seventh son of a seventh son. The album that I bought. Yeah. Impossibly. <laughs> I think this is also one of my favorite albums, actually, because mainly because I like the song "Can I Play with Madness." <laughs> mm. Can I play with my <laughs> Yes. And then Evil uh, That Men Men Do is also a really good song, right? Yes. Yes, Evil That Men Do, Moonchild, mm. uh, Can I Play mm. With Madness? Uh yeah. Those three songs. Yeah. Those are the best. those are my top picks on the album. And uh yeah, this one he's he's actually holding a heart heart or mm. that was it's that was, like I think, a kid, no? Yeah, I think that's a a picture of a womb. Mm. It is holding a womb with a kid on it. Right. And then his mm. heart, I think, is an apple or some sort of it. <laughs> but if you're going to take a closer look on the inlay, uh, there's that yin-yang art on it. Right. It was like Eddie's head was never hacked mm. on the inside cover. It's right and, so crazy. Yeah, that album is so crazy. Uh, even the album, uh, the Derek Riggs, the one that drew, uh, that made the art, he got bored drawing Eddie. He ran out of ideas, so he came. He just came up with that Eddie, with just the rib cage mm. and all, because he got tired of drawing Eddie. And Bruce Dickinson was already, I think. He was on the verge of leaving the band because he felt like he wasn't uh, contributing that much. He felt right. like he was just basically mm -hmm. singing the songs. So he got he got lazy and stuff. Right. Yeah. And then I think this uh, this uh, 
this is uh, they move little bit on the progressive side right this album mm -hmm. they started being progressive on that album and they start using synthesizers on that right. album mm -hmm. so you're gonna hear lots of sharp guitar like sounds artificial guitar sounds and then lots of uh, lots of lead too much progression mm. and that was i think adrian's i uh, know was that adrian's last album with maiden or was it uh the next one i think that was adrian's last album with maiden yeah until he returned right mm -hmm. yeah. so let's go to the next one Next one, no prayer for die. Yes. Ah, yes. That was Janet Jers first. Uh, uh, the first album with Janet Jers on it, I think. Mm. No prayer for the dying, and then they went back to the raw sound. They ditched the synthesizers. They ditched the prog uh, the progressive approach. They went to the uh, uh, their old sound. They they're trying to recapture the old sound like they did on the on their first two to three albums. Uh, my favorite uh, song on that album was Holy Smoke. Yeah, Holy Smoke. Uh, they had also Tail Gunner. I like this one, Bring Your Daughter to Slaughter. Yeah. <laughs> I think that they, they, do, they, they do that, right? Like Alice Cooper for this uh, Bring Your Daughter to Slaughter. They will, Eddie will like uh, chop off somebody's head or something, right? In the line. Yeah, <laughs> sort of that <laughs> and i would i think that was uh I, i'm not sure uh, i'm not quite sure if i remember correctly one of the songs were used on a movie nightmare on elm street if i remember it correctly oh yeah 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 i think so uh i'm not sure also what was the song but i i yeah. read that they used it in the nightmare elm street and then they also have this song mother russia Mother Russia. <laughs> the Russia. I don't know why they wrote that song. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then I think this is also one one fan favorite album, right? Fear of the Dark. It's yeah, on the Fear white of the Dark. Mm -hmm. I like that album too. It's got Wasting Love, uh, the title track, Fear of the Dark, uh, mm -hmm. and the one about football that was uh, Weekend Warrior, I think. Yes, Was Weekend, Weekend Warrior, Warrior? Yeah. Year of the Dark. Song about football. Mm -hmm. yeah. Year be, of the Dark. Be, be Quick or Dead. They play that also, Be Quick or Dead. Uh, from mm -hmm. Here to Eternity be also, right? Yes. I like that album because it has that uh, raspy Bruce vocals. Mm. And like, it. it's a different approach because I, went, I think they went about a half step down on their tuning. Mm. It's a different. Uh, they sounded differently on that album. Right. Uh, yeah. That's also right. I, I. I. This is also quite nice album cover. Huh? Mm -hmm. Simple, but it's yeah. quite uh, interesting. Yes, because uh, I mean, it's not like your uh, usual Eddie uh, Iron Maiden albums with Eddie on it. Yeah. Uh, Eddie with uh, a screwed uh, head, Eddie on a straight jacket, Eddie playing puppets and all. It's it's it has that bizarre looking thing, which is, it's just something that's that gets you hooked up. <laughs> you know, it's a lovely album cover. <laughs> yes, and then I have uh, 1995. So this is actually after 
uh, Bruce left and then um, mm-hmm. Blaze joins Blaze Blaze Yes. Uh, One of the darkest of uh, Iron Maiden album. Right. And probably one of my least listened album because I haven't really listened to it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, though I'd like Blaze's approach on that album. Uh, I would pick uh, Sign of the Cross and Lord of the Flies but nah. It was a it was an okay album for me, but not really much my thing. So I would right. suggest I would suggest that yeah, don't listen to it that much. <laughs> but uh, maybe maybe just maybe uh, give it a try some other time. But I don't know, man. Yeah, it's like Iron Maiden minus Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then the next one is uh, Future Real. This is nineteen ninety eight. Virtual Eleven. Yeah. Uh, virtual eleven, yeah. Uh, Future real. Uh, the Clansman. The Clansman was my favorite song on that album. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's about freedom of the Scots. Yeah, the Clansman. They they write a lot about uh, this uh, the Europeans uh, taking over the Native Americans. A uh, lot of their songs reference to that, right? A lot of Iron Maiden songs, right. like "Run yep. to the Hill, even "Run to the Hills," two minutes. Run to the Hills, the Trooper. Right, most of them is two about min- that, right? Yeah, Eng- uh, the English and the Americans colonizing each other, and what else? It was it. Uh, well, pretty much about war and invasion. Aces High was about the Spitfire planes and mm. World War mm. One or two. I don't, I can't remember exactly, and. The were eagles there. I think it was about uh, Hitler's uh, last camp before he went to the, the bunker. Right. Uh, it, it was it was a it, it was that uh, camp that uh, no one dared to cross because it was heavily guarded. Not even the Russians can penetrate the uh, the area because mm. and it, that was it was called the Eagle's Nest. So I think that was the inspiration behind the uh, were eagles there. Uh, there were eagles there song yeah i heard this recently this uh, story that uh, so hitler went into the that uh, bunker and then there was this lady with with him and she she should have she could have just uh, just surrendered and then she could have just a uh, prison or something and then mm-hmm. but then she still decided to uh, end her life by herself because of uh, uh, because they're saying because she wanted to go in history that she actually did it, like took her yes. own life. <laughs> According to what I've read uh, online, yes, uh, the article. Uh, I think you were referring to Eva, Bra- uh, Eva Braun, Hitler's uh, partner. Right, they decided right. To take, uh, yeah, so they decided to take their lives so they can go down as martyrs when in fact they were not. Right. And uh, the German propaganda at uh, that time was like, uh, the, the Fuhrer is dead. He took his life, he, he martyred himself, sacrificed, whatever. When in fact, uh, the, the regime has already fallen and stuff like that. You know, yeah. <laughs> the guy just won't give up. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I don't, the album that I'm missing is the year 2000 album Brave New World. That is Brave what New I don't have. Mm-hmm. The, the one was, with the weaker man. Mm-hmm, the weaker man. And Brave New World, the title track. Uh, yeah. That was when Bruce returned, and so was Adrian. Adrian, so 
that made that officially made them a six man band i think because so, they re- retained Janik. they didn't right. ditch Janik. yeah and then uh, the next one is this one the one i yeah your favorite album. 2003 dance of death mm-hmm. if yeah well my my top pick on that album because i really didn't listen to it that much Right. Uh, aside from Passchendaele, because Passchendaele was, it was an epic song. It tells you about the horrors of war, like, like Maiden never told before. Like, if you're gonna compare to the previous Maiden songs about war, mm. the mm. other songs were about uh, were about trippy. They were uh, they were like about adventures. Nothing. They didn't really went dark, telling those stories. Unlike passion, uh, unlike that song on Passchendaele, they went dark, as dark as it gets. Because what happened in Passchendaele itself was very gruesome and very dark. So if you're gonna read on, read on it on the lyrics, yeah, it was, it was an epic song for me. And mm. I think they retained the uh, musically speaking, they retained the the keyboards. They mm. went back with the progressive uh, sound. They incorporate. They try to incorporate, reincorporate their old sound with their progressive approach. So, hence they came with "Dance of Death." Right. So, what was your favorite pick on that album? I think "Wildest Dreams," uh, "Dance of Death." That is what I remember listening to. Yeah. And what can you say about the album artwork? I was looking for because it the the this one the I don't like the idea on this one. <laughs> yeah, because according to the band, it uh, according to the album artist, it was rushed. So if right. you're gonna look at the baby, one of the uh, I think the baby, it's it looks like it's it was twisted, and so is the dog. <laughs> like it's got it's got the twisted neck. <laughs> Like, right, right, right. The rendering was so bad. <laughs> I don't know why Maiden chose that uh, unfinished uh, version. <laughs> yeah, but this their back cover is really cool, huh? Yeah, the back album cover was cool. <laughs> yeah, so that's I mean, uh, Dance of Death. <laughs> and then I have uh, 2006 album. Matter of Life and Death. Amolad, yes. Matter, uh, Matter of, of Life and Death. For the greater good of God. <laughs> yeah, for the greater good of God. I, I also know this one, the reincarnation of Benjamin Brig. Benjamin I don't know what Brig. the story is about. Um Benjamin Brig, uh I've yet to check it out because I'm trying to find articles or stories related to Benjamin Brig, but right. I am not seeing anything related to it online. I don't know where Maiden got the inspiration for Benjamin Brig. It's a mysterious <laughs> one. I don't know if it is related to the what is that other one, the amazing story of Benjamin Buttons. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking the same. <laughs> they, they just kind of changed the last name into Brig or whatever. Uh, and when in fact it was about uh, the uh, Benjamin Button, uh, the one getting old in reverse. Right, right. The one with Brad, Brad Pitt, right? He, it was Brad Pitt and. Uh... Yeah. I do, yeah, it was it was Brad Pitt, and I can't remember if it was Angelina or someone else. I no, it's know, not I Angelina. It was other actress, but I I normally I Kate. I don't know. I don't know the name yeah. of. Her. 
I might I might watch it later again. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the lose. Right, yeah. And then I have a 2010 album, The Final for Frontier. This is like a this is like a box. Uh, yeah, it's like a was that from a box set or something? Uh, I think they released this as as a box set. Yeah, so but it's uh, just uh, just the box booklet and the CD. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, I think this is more of they're looking at more of aliens and stuff, right? The theme is more yeah. of like aliens, aliens, galaxies, uh, and yeah. stuff. And what I don't like, what I like about that album, is that that was their final attempt to like it's their last attempt to. Uh, uh, to that progressive stuff or the synthesizers thing. Right. Now, what I don't like about that album is the, it, it's too loud. It has that loudness war thing. Like, if you if you recall Death Magnetic, it was mm. so loud. Right. The mixing right. was so bad. Like, what happened, guys? <laughs> Satellite 15, uh, The Final Frontier, uh, the intro was so bad. It was so loud. Uh, I had to stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's, uh, I don't know, same thing like Death Magnetic, right? Death Magnetic, everybody was upset about that album, right? The mixing. The mixing was so bad. Uh, I don't know what, what got into Rick Rubin's mind that day. <laughs> he wanted to mix it so loud. If you're going to listen to the demo, you will say the demo was way much better compared to the final version because the final version was so loud. It's like you're watching a. Uh, it's like you're watching TV with no signal. Right. Remember the fuzzy black and white uh, screen with on it. Right. Kind of like that, and I. It was. It was bad. It was just bad. Yeah, but I was actually hoping that uh, when I heard that they're doing an album with Rick Rubin, that they would probably do another one. But, but typically the case with Rick Rubin normally. Uh, He's more of uh, I don't I don't know if he's really a good like a technical producer about the sound itself, but he's more of the guy who can uh, organize that songs, right? That he will he will remove all this unnecessary stuff, make it uh, very raw, raw sounding, yeah. which which works with a lot of artists. But I think Metallica was not happy with them, right? No, no, nah, that's not. Uh, I mean. Rick Rubin's thing is about organizing stuff. He's good at it. I mean, mm. look at uh, look at Slayer's albums with Rick Rubin on it, right? And then you compare it, uh, and then you try to incorporate it with Metallica, mm. where everyone gets creative control. Definitely, Lars being the boss man, he won't like it. Right. Uh, so, nah, that's not Metallica's thing. Uh, they want, uh, I think Metallica want it as raw or as fine as possible. Uh, I think they're trying to recapture, yeah, we're, we're going in a side note, right? <laughs> From Maiden to Metallica, but that's fine. Uh, they're going, they're trying to recapture the sound or the mixing or the production they had with the Black Album, which right. they weren't able to replicate. I mean, look at what, look at what happened with Load and Reload and God, same anger. God. <laughs> but same anger was a different story. Uh, there, there are some redeeming factors in Saint Anger, mm. uh, although it was recognized too bad for its snare. 
and the lack of solos. Right. So it goes down to the mixing. So kind of like what happened with Metallica's that magnetic recruitment. And then if you're going to compare it with Maiden's Final Frontier, uh, makes you wonder, right? Makes you wonder what happened to the mixing and all. Was too loud. It's barely listenable, but yeah, I'll, maybe I'll still give it a try though. Yeah. And then I have the last one, uh, 2015, Book of Souls. Book of Souls. Yeah. I kind of feel that uh, this, uh, you know, so they, they kind of uh, went into the Egyptian kind of theme in the Power Slave, right? Mm. And then I think here they're kind of going into the Aztecs, I think. To the Aztecs uh, yeah. or to the Mayans of Mexico and uh, South America. Right. Uh, I mean, yeah, look at the uh, album cover. Uh, it depicts Eddie as an Aztec uh, warlord or something. Yeah. A headhunter. And then the Book of Souls, uh, the title track, it was about uh, yeah, the rituals done by the Aztecs or the Mayans performing human sacrifices before their gods. Yeah. Uh, doing it on high pyramids and all that stuff. Yeah, and, I, I actually um, like also the Speed of Light song, Speed of Light. Speed of yeah. Light, yeah. I like that too. But I think I want to listen I, to this more because I don't think I have listened to this enough. <laughs> you gotta you gotta give it a listen, man. I love that album too because uh, that's Bruce's first album, I think, after recovering from cancer. Right. Uh, though it sounds like uh, he was uh, still struggling, but he was able to recapture his trademark uh, high pitch uh, falsettos. Uh, his vocal ranges are still there, uh, at par with his uh, previous albums. And that album, although it's not really a concept album, but most of the songs have, uh, say, uh, allusions to historical stuff and uh, real life situations. Uh, say, for example, the last track, I think, Empire of the Clouds. Oh, I love that song. Yeah. That's one of their longest uh, songs next to Rhyme of Ancient Mariner and Sign of the Cross. It was about the, uh, the R101 uh, plane, the one that looks at the Hindenburg or Zeppelin or whatever that crashed. Right. Even during her maiden voyage, I think it was an unfortunate fight for them because they were, you know, trying to uh, get as extravagant as they can, just trying to impress the queen of England or the king. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what was the era. What, what was it uh, during King Henry or Queen Elizabeth? Uh, I can't remember. But that was the, that was that's what the song was all about. Right. Yeah, and then I, I, uh, this Aztecs. Have you watched the movie uh, Apocalypto? Apocalypto, yeah, yeah. Of Mel Gibson, Mel mm-hmm. Gibson's movie. They, have, they, if I remember that movie correctly, they have this part wherein, uh, of course, the uh, the Aztecs do cannibalistic uh, rituals. They eat human brains. They even chop the head while the human was still alive and all that gory stuff. <laughs> they were munching on brains. 
that movie was really good because uh, what uh, because the movie was actually not in english it was like in different uh, some language, language right? yeah, yeah. yeah and it's really yeah. what i was surprised that they with all this iron maiden you know they you see a, like a there's all these mythologies and uh, legends and stuff gets connected through all these albums i don't know why nobody has uh, uh, tried to put up like a opera rock opera kind of thing with this uh, like a maybe like a broadway show with iron maiden right all the songs oh, like a musical or something yeah. like come up the opera or the king and i yeah <laughs> i yeah i kind of wonder why <laughs> because they, they i think they have enough enough uh, songs to do that right yes they have a lot of uh, they have the entire their entire discography way back 1980 to 2015 like that's a whole bunch of that's worth uh four decades that's four decades worth of music <laughs> yeah that's that should be more than enough to do a musical or whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then i also have this one it's not iron maiden but it's bruce album bruce dickinson tattooed yeah. millionaire tattooed millionaire I haven't opened this yet. <laughs> yeah. But have you tried to listen on uh, listen to it even through like Spotify? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen? I I've been listening it to on Spotify. Uh we we were actually in uh, Adults Only Radio they play the Tattooed Millionaire a lot of lot of times also. It was a good song. Mm. Tattooed Millionaire. I think that was a compilation of songs Bruce wanted to do outside Maiden. Right. Steve won't let him do that of course because it's Steve's band it's Steve's band. <laughs> yeah. Of course those songs will not work with Iron Maiden, right? <laughs> Definitely because it has a different approach. <laughs> yeah. I actually want to talk about Bruce actually. This is Bruce's book. Uh so you know he's I mean he is a singer, songwriter. And then he's a pilot also, right? He 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 does the does he fly the plane? Iron Maiden plane? Well, he's actually a licensed pilot. Uh, the uh, the Iron Maiden plane, yes, he flies it uh, along with a co-pilot, if I remember right. correctly. That plane was leased uh that was leased uh by Saudi Airlines, I think nowadays because since they're no longer touring using that plane. But mm-hmm. yeah, he flew the he flew the Air Force One along with a co-pilot, and actually, I was browsing on YouTube on Air Force One because uh, during the early days when the Maiden gig was uh, like being hyped or rumored, uh, I was trying to, I was actually uh, soaked on the idea that we will be able to see the Air Force One soon, right. flown by uh, flown by Bruce himself. So we're gonna do some sort of train spotting, a uh, plane spotting, right? I'm sorry. Yeah, we'll have to go in the back of the airport, right? The Paranyaki yeah. side. <laughs> yes, on Naia, I think. <laughs> so imagine Air Force One landing in Naia, and then Bruce Dickinson will radio over the towers, like ABD six 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 over or something like that. I was listening to their radio com- radio comms on YouTube. It was funny because one of the one of the towers in New York, I think recognized the call sign for the plane which is ABD 666 right. so, so the tower so the tower was like uh delta to A, to alpha bravo 666 up the iron so the, <laughs> the, 
the tower guy was like that and there was a, there was a, there was a chuckle on the background so i think uh bruce uh uh recognized or got the idea that someone on the tower crew was a pet maiden or something like that it was actually fun so yeah guy was the licensed pilot he's a musician he's a singer yeah he bruce uh, he actually brews also the beer <laughs> and yeah. then and then world class fencer i think he's Olymp- olympic level fencer right i think yes he's, he's a fencer too he, yeah. i don't know if he competed in the olympics though but yeah he's a, he's a, he's a olympic fencer yeah yeah and of course cancer survivor i don't know how he does all this <laughs> so much uh, talent yeah. he's a jack of all trades you know like how how can this man do a lot of things? Right. So basically, he's the Michael Jordan of heavy metal. <laughs> he does a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, real goat. <laughs> real goat. <laughs> yeah, when, when, when this album that he did, The Tattooed Millionaire, this is similar to what uh, Holford did, right? With When he was in Judas Priest, Holford had his own uh, solo album also, right? Yeah. I think that was the same time as well when he left Judas Priest. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah. So uh, now that uh, yeah, so Iron Maiden is not happening, and then I think I think the rumor is that they will consider coming back on 2022, right? Hopefully, because I saw their art. Uh, I saw their Facebook post. Uh, the whole 2022 was already canceled. Yeah. Uh, as of May. And then they are already fully booked by 2021. So they're prioritizing their uh, European leg, I guess. And then Japan as well, I think, and Australia. Mm. So for the Asian tour, I think they mentioned that they'll, they will try their best to get back. So hopefully, that's most likely it's going to be 2022 since they're already fully booked by uh, next year. So sick. Uh, so yeah, let's just hope that uh, Vernon will still be able to get a hold of Maiden mm. uh, by that time, as he was able to get a hold of Slipknot. Like speaking of Slipknot, that, it was already rescheduled next year. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's the best news I got uh, through through this the whole through COVID situation. <laughs> uh, silver lining. <laughs> yeah. Finally, we have a date, so... <laughs> we have a concert finally happening. <laughs> and then so, we can, uh, Yeah, even if we have to wear a mask, I think it's okay, right? Because we can wear a mask. <laughs> and I read a comment somewhere on Facebook uh, regarding that. Someone said, we have to do psychosocial distancing. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fun, you know. <laughs> psychosocial distancing. <laughs> So imagine how you're gonna mosh with Slipknot while maintaining social distancing. So you were like moshing around with distance. Hey, bro, back off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I posted when I, when it came out, uh, when the news came out, uh, I put the hashtag Maggot Lives Matter. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, so uh, Jack, any message to uh, Iron Maiden? Yeah, so I hope this some I know this is a long shot, but 
if this ever reaches Iron Maiden. So I hope you guys will be able to finally visit the Philippines. It's a wonderful country. Uh, your fans are waiting here. I mean, it's long overdue that we are. Uh, we need to see you as soon as possible, guys. Uh, we we are so excited to uh, hear your songs live in the flesh. The way we did with Slayer, the way we did with Megadeth, Anthrax, you name it. The previous bands that we have, we will make sure to deliver the best uh, audience as soon as you land here in Manila uh, in some point of time. And I know that uh, this, COVID, uh, this COVID pandemic is a real shit to our plans. But I know someday, sometime, uh, I still believe that we will be able to get back together. Uh, performers, artists, and fans alike. So I hope to see you guys again, uh, to see you guys real soon in the pit. Mm. And please, I hope they include the Tameland on their set list. Please, really, please. <laughs> I know the last time that they played it was on 1982 or something like that, but it's a long shot, but anything is possible. But if they're going to do legacy set, I'm okay with that. As long as I hear Hollowed Be Thy Name, I'm okay with that. And Ace right. too. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I'm just wondering, like, uh, we're going through all this chaotic uh, situation right now, how the set list for 22 will look like, because that will, they will be influenced by what they're feeling right now, right? To put up yeah, the set yeah. list. <laughs> and I think they should, it is just necessary that they put the song Virus on the set list. Very, <laughs> very appropriate. <laughs> right, right. It should, they should open from that, I think. <laughs> They, they should really go with that. It's it's just appropriate during these times. <laughs> I really hope that they do. Let alone perform here again. Uh, perform here in Manila real soon. Right. So, Jack, anybody you want to shout out to, Jack? Um. Well, uh, shout out to our friends in Metal Royalties. I hope you guys are doing fine. My good buddy, Jet Vincent. Uh. We're do, uh, we do share memes and stuff. We do shit posting on Facebook <laughs> when we're not listening to metal stuff. So we get we could we we will continue doing stuff like that, man. And maybe uh, say shout out to my friends too in at work. Wave 114B, what's up, guys? So <laughs> Uncle Jack is here. Uh, old man is already interviewed. It's a, it's an honor. So guys, I hope you uh, still. I hope I'm still your. We're still friends after this one. I don't know if you're still gonna have some respect after this. <laughs> and of course, uh, I'd like to ha give a shout out to my uh, to my uh, partner, my buddy, my love, Irish, of course. Uh, she was uh, actually checking on me earlier this morning because I'm having a hard time sleeping. Mm. I told her that we're gonna have a Zoom interview uh, later. And I have to, yes, of course, I do have to sleep because I do night shift. And she was checking on me like, you need to get to sleep uh, and all that stuff. Uh, uh, it's, uh, and she's checking like, please take care of yourself. Don't skip meals. Take your vitamins. I love you so much. And that was so touching of her. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for everything that you're doing, love. I love you so much. And I hope, yeah, a lot. I love you so much and I miss you. <laughs> And of course, uh, to our other, what is that there? Ronald and Heather, mm. our Slayer buddies. <laughs> so I hope you guys are doing safe. And of course, uh, we will see each other soon. All right. Yeah, you mentioned Jet. Uh, that he's actually like the king of memes, right? In the Philippines. <laughs> yeah, 
because like whenever I see stuff from him, Matt, it's automatic. I gotta share. I gotta go grab it. I gotta go steal it. But first, I gotta go hit that haha react first before I steal the meme. And then he does the same, man. Whenever he sees a content that was shared by me, he reacts and then he shares it uh, along. And then we just do the same stuff back and forth on a daily basis. So uh, I don't know if our other friends, or the buddies, uh, have unfollowed us due to a lot of sharing memes and shit posting and stuff. Uh, we apologize, but we just want to make, uh, we just want to have fun amidst this uh, crisis. Right, and we, right. we do want to detoxify your news feed with all, uh, from all that negative stuff that we're seeing uh, on a daily basis. So we're trying to compensate that with memes and all that funny stuff. So to make sure that everybody stays sane. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so Jack, uh, thanks for doing this. Uh, this was really good. I think we, we did justice for Iron Maiden. <laughs> thank you very much for having me. It's, it's an honor. It's a privilege, man. Uh, thank you very much for having me here. I, I mean, uh, to, be person, uh, to be honest, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, seeing your, I'm seeing your previous episodes. I'm watching them. I'm listening to them. I can see that your guests are high profile. Some of them as well are closest friends from mm. uh, metal royalties. So I was like, "Whoa, this guy barely knows me. Uh, uh, barely knows me just for a year, and I I just got invited. So man, it must be an honor. So I I I'll be forever thankful for that, man. Thank you so much for inviting me here. <laughs> I do appreciate it a lot. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so Jet. Uh... So take care. Maybe you you can go to bed. <laughs> I'll see you. I'll talk, yeah, I'll talk to you. Let's see. Let's see. Hopefully we'll see Iron Maiden again. And uh, yeah, we'll see in the Slipknot definitely. <laughs> definitely, we'll check on that. So I hope you guys stay safe too. Your family, uh, keep yourselves uh, safe. Always wash your hands, of course. And uh, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that's pretty much about it. Uh, just stay safe. Uh, because we will see again it, uh, each other in the pit uh, together with uh, with some of our friends as well. Right. Thank you, Jen. Take Thank care, you, man. Chana. Take care, man. Stay metal. Stay metal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>